I wanna preach to you a message entitled Deal or No Deal. Everybody say deal or no deal. In a few moments toward the end of the service, we're gonna be praying for all of the uh, kids and faculty and staff members and teachers and all going back to school this year. Uh, my son just went to school, first day of school was just the other day, and uh, it's a new, new chapter for us. And so like for many of you, uh, we've entered into school season, and we just want to take a moment and pray a blessing over all of the children and teenagers and teachers. And so we'll do that at the end of the message today. So Exodus chapter 10, Exodus chapter 10, verses 8 through 10 in the New Living Translation. I'll give you some context in a moment. But So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. All right, he told them. Go and worship the Lord your God, but who exactly will be going with you? And Moses replied, we will all go, young and old, our sons and daughters, our flocks and herds. We must all join together in celebrating a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh retorted, and he said this, the Lord will certainly need to be with you if I let you take the little ones. I can see through your evil plan. Now, give me a moment and allow me to introduce to you some of the players of this story. Uh, the first one I want to introduce you to is a man named Pharaoh. He has advanced his kingdom and rule by enslaving people, more specifically the people of God, the Israelites. And he has secured his position of power in the region by taking the freedom and joy and the sense of purpose and, and well-being of the people. He's a bad, bad man. Another player in the story is Moses and his brother Aaron. And God has chosen Moses to confront the wickedness of Pharaoh. And scripture tells us that God came to Moses at the burning bush and says, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to free my people. And, and he said to Moses, he said, I hear the cries of my people, and I need you to go back, and I need you to tell them that I'm going to set them free. Let me just pause here. This ain't the sermon, but let me say this. While we are oftentimes crying to God about the problem, God's speaking to the answer. We find in the story, the scene is very like, if you've ever watched The Prince of Egypt, you'll know where I'm going. And if you haven't watched it today, there's your homework. Go watch The Prince of Egypt. The scene of the story is this, that the Israelites were enslaved under the oppressive leader of Egypt for over 400 years. God speaks to Moses. Moses goes and confronts Pharaoh. Pharaoh refuses to release the Israelites. And as a result, many of you know the story, God sends 10 different plagues on Egypt to loosen the grip of Pharaoh. He turns water into blood. He sends frogs, lice, flies, boils, thunderstorms, sounds like Alabama, and hail. <laughs> Killing all the livestock, moves on to locusts. Right before the locusts, right before we're getting to the final plagues. And every time there was a plague that would take place, Pharaoh would bring Moses in and said that he could take the Israelites, and then he would change his mind. But right before this particular plague, I believe, of locusts, we have this exchange we just read about. We have this moment where you see Pharaoh 
his, even his advisors come to him. And it's the only time that you see it, that his advisors come to him and say, listen, we're done with these plagues. Let's get this guy out of here, give him what he wants. And Pharaoh calls him back in. It's the only time you see it happen. And now you begin to see a side of Pharaoh kind of plays his cards, kind of accidentally shows what he's all about. And he says, okay, you guys can go. You guys can go, but who are you taking? And he said, we're gonna take everybody. The sons and the daughters, the livestock, the cats, the dogs, everybody's going with us. And Pharaoh looks at him and says, God will have to be with you if I let you take the next generation. Notice how immediately Pharaoh begins to bargain the terms on the next generation with Moses. He says the men can go, knowing that the men won't want to leave their wives and children, but you can't take the next generation. He knew the importance of the next generation. He knew that they were the future workforce of his enslaved kingdom, that he wasn't gonna give up so easily what he had fought to keep. And the devil knows today that the future, our children, the next generation, are the ones that are gonna be voting, are the ones that are going to be making decisions, influencing the world, so I've come to tell you today, the enemy has gone upstream and he's looking at the next generation. He's gone as far back as he can go and he's going upstream to fight and say, you guys can go to church all you want, but just don't take the little ones. I've come to tell you today, the enemy is looking to make a deal. John 10, 10, I've quoted it before, and many of you have been raised in church and maybe heard this verse. It says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus is talking about the activities of the devil. In my whole life, I have wondered, how does the devil just steal stuff? You know what I mean? Like, does the devil just show up and be like, I'm going to take your kids right out of their bedroom? Well, no. Oh, okay. he's going to just show up and just steal things and he'll steal marriages. And you've heard people say that. When I was a kid, we used to go to church and they used to sing a song that said, uh, I went to the enemy's camp. Anybody know this song? And I took back what he stole, what he stole from me. When we were as a kids, we went so many times to the enemy's camp. I don't know how much stuff he had that was ours left. But I always wondered, how does the devil just steal stuff? I mean, Jesus says he's a thief. And let me give it to you in a different way today. There's somebody I know that when they talk about deals or bargains, they always say, I got, it's a steal. Ever anybody say that? Like when they get like a really good price on property or a car or, or, or a gun, they'll say, man, it was a steal. Now, now we know they didn't steal the property. What they are communicating that they had such a deal on it that it just felt like they were stealing it. So I, I just want you to hear me today. What if that's how the enemy steals? 
What if the devil bargains and then that's how he steals? The devil from the beginning in Genesis chapter three, stay with me, has always been a master bargainer. He looked at Eve and said, did God really say that? We look in scripture and we find him whispering and deceiving and, and bargaining with people. And what if one of the ways to look at this is that how the enemy can steal from us is that he has had us or convinced us to lose value of something and therefore will put it in a way that he can just get it from us. Okay? When we devalue something, it's almost like we put it on the clearance rack. When we stop valuing something, we stop protecting it. Many of you have safes in your house, stuff that you want to keep safe, so you put it in there because it's valuable. You, you, you protect it. You know, you lock your car when you're walking away, and you're right, you're going into like Kroger, or you're going into like, you just, boop, boop, and boop, 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 boop. And somebody's walking by the car, and you're like, boop, boop. Because you value, so you're protecting it. When we begin to devalue things, which I am convinced the devil bargains with us to cause us to think things of things that are valuable and make them less valuable, in my opinion, that's how he comes in and that's how he steals joy. When we don't value our marriages, we don't take them on date nights, don't love each other, don't spend time together, whatever it is, we begin to lose the value of the covenant and the enemy could easily step in with another woman at the job. Come on, somebody, talk back to me. It can slip in with somebody sliding in on your Facebook messages because what happened was he can come in and steal from you because you have lost value of the thing that should be prioritized. We do it with our worship. That at one time when you came into the presence of God, it was easy to worship, right? You got in the presence of God, you raised your hands, but over time you begin to lose the value. I don't need to come early. I'll just, I'll get in for the preaching or I can watch online or you slip a little further back or you're waiting in line for coffee and, and then you don't worship and, and then you don't praise God. And, and I heard a preacher say the reason we have so many teen sickles in church is because there's so many popsicles in the pew. Can I get an amen? Is that so many of us are standing there when God has healed you, restored you, saved you, redeemed you, healed you. Am I talking? If you just had 10 seconds to put your hands together, tell the king of kings, well, I don't believe in worship. I'm not an expressive person. I've heard it said a hundred thousand times that when that football goes down, the, goes down the, those, come on, come on, Alabama, where are you at? Come on, Mississippi State. When that football's moving down the line, I've seen some of you get empowered with the Holy Ghost. Come on, baby. Hey, running now. Glory. You get into the presence of God, and God's like, can you just honor me for 30 minutes? Put your, can, you just, can you just stand? Can you just clap for But when we lose value of it, the enemy can steal it. Same way with our prayer time, our children. We do it with ourselves. A lot of times you'll see single people do this. They're so desperate to be in a relationship, that they will put themselves on the clearance rack because they're so, 
devaluing themselves. Nobody loves me. I'm, I, got, I got a kid, and, I've, and I got to live on my own. I, I'm just no good. And then all of a sudden, and I'll tell you what, you know there's a different clientele that comes in for the clearance rack because I'm one of them. I don't know if you're one of those people too. You go, there's a store called like Nordstrom's Rack or a really nice store, really high brand store. You go in, there's different kinds of cars in the parking lot, different kinds of people in the store, different kinds of price tags on the clothes. You go into a clearance store, an outlet, you know what I'm saying? We all gonna be in there. We all level at the foot of the outlet, amen somebody? And, and, and what happens is because we have devalued ourselves, we put ourselves at the lowest bottom like common denominator, then we'll just take any man or any woman that will come into our life and really, you're too, but the thing is, you don't see that you're valuable because you just don't see because somebody spoke words over you, you don't see your value, so then you'll sell yourself for the lowest price. Am I helping anybody? Am I helping anybody? When we stop valuing something, we stop protecting it. If you second guess the value and the potential of the next generation, the devil can steal the next generation. See, in the story, we find that this older generation, Moses, is standing before Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, across the deal table, looks at him and says, listen, you can go, but you cannot take the kids. And Pharaoh looks back at him and says, actually, no, no, that's not how this is going to go. If we're going to go, we are all going to go. I believe with all of my heart, the devil wants to know the price of when we will sell, when we'll sell the stocks, if you will, when they bottom out, when do we not care anymore about the next generation? When do we give up on the next generation? I've heard that some churches cut their kids and student programs and their babies programs and it'd be like, uh, I heard of one church that had a literal sign on their kids' ministry door that said, closed for lack of interest. God, let that never be vibrant church. Let that never be our story. Let us always value the next generation, care for the next generation, prioritize the next generation. In the 1720s, many of the colonial pastors began to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to bring life to the church and to bring uh, conversions and a great number of people to Christ. And Thomas Kidd writes that the revival that historians usually view as the start of the first great awakening began in Jonathan Edwards' Northampton Church in 1734. It is believed and documented that the very beginning of the great revival that many of us hear about today started when a group of young people lost a friend and, and it is told that they all, many of them in that school came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, starting and sparking a revival that many of us still talk about today. It didn't start with the pastor. It didn't start with the worship team. It started with a younger generation coming to Jesus. I was in Topeka, Kansas several years ago, and if you study Moves of the Holy Spirit, Topeka, Kansas, about 110 years ago was a really strategic point in the history of, of the church. And um, we went there and they talked to us about the moves of the Holy Spirit where people were healed, people were set free, miracles would happen. They showed us books of newspaper clippings. And I remember weeping as I read the stories of miracles where secular news stations or would come in, or secular journalists rather, would come in and write on the things that we're seeing in the church services of men and women 
marriages being created whole and, and men putting down the bottle, they said, and, and people crying in the front for hours after church. Like, it was a really significant move of God. And when we read those, we were reading those that evening, and I mean, just so stirred. I mean, I remember weeping and saying, God, visit America again. Visit our churches again. Let your spirit flow again. And while I was reading it, we began to ask questions because the man who was showing us the articles in these old books, he told us that his father was a part of it, his grandfather part of it, and he was telling us the stories that he heard, and it was amazing. And he said to us, he said that um, we asked him, why did it stop? Why did it stop? You know why it stopped? This is what they believe. They believe that move of God ceased in Topeka, Kansas, in that particular region, because people begin to complain about the young people being emotional, coming to the front, giving their lives to Christ, bringing their friends, and the older people were outnumbered, and, and they would be raising their hands, reading their Bibles, and, and so the, they met with the board, and they said, listen, we don't want none of this, we're just trying to have church in order, and, and they said, okay, so they met with all the students, met with the youth team, and said, we don't want none of this in the altar anymore. We don't want you in the present. We don't want none of that. We, we want you just just be calm like everybody else. They didn't want the next generation. They didn't value the next generation. And as a result, they all went back to their seats. And the move of God in that generation waned. It was never passed on because Pharaoh got on the head of some church leaders and says, you guys can have church, but don't you take the little ones with you. I believe that the devil has put his hand out to shake hands with us and saying that you guys can do whatever you want, but just don't take the little ones. I believe the enemy has stuck his hand out today and he has said, you guys can do what you wanna do in church, but you just leave the education system to me. And, I, and I'll convince your kids that they can choose their gender. I'll let your kids think that there is, there's a such thing as Jew, uh, gender fluidity, that they can pick who they want to be. I'll, let me tell them that. You guys just have good church and cry, and Pastor Tyson, uh, come on, everybody. You guys do that, but you just leave this alone. You, 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 you guys do that, we got a deal, no deal. How about you let me let them think that they can identify as what they call a furry, and when the state I'm from, they're putting kitty litter boxes in the bathrooms for kids that identify as cats? I ain't making this up. There's a thing called man-boy love that's now a movement for men that are attracted to little boys. Well, you guys can just have church, deal or no deal. I said, deal or no deal, church, come on. Here, here's, I, and I hear somebody pushing back in my spirit. Let me just say this. Pastor Ethan, don't get political in church. Listen, I don't want to be political in church. But here's what's happening. They have stepped out of their lane and stepped into our lane.
They used to just pass laws and handle budgets and wars. Now they're trying to redefine marriage and redefine children and redefine society. And really they've moved into morality. Somebody's nervous right now. You're like, oh God, don't scare off the new people. I just wanna tell you something. You're all talking about it at home. Why can't we talk about it here? Because hear me, if I don't talk about it in this house, you won't know what to do in your house. Because you're already being discipled by somebody. You're believing CNN and Pastor Newsmax and this one and that one. And really, as people of God, we don't need to know what politicians say. We don't need to know what God says. Am I talking to anybody? Come on, deal or no deal. And generation exposed to pornography between the ages unintentionally, unintentionally exposed between the ages of five to 13. 47% of them did not know what they were looking for, accidentally came across it. There are four million different pornography sites in the, in the world. Four million. There are more users in pornography than Amazon, uh, Amazon Netflix combined. Deal or no deal? High school dropout rate, 7,000 students every day. High, highest suicide rates among the ages of 10 to 24. Second leading cause of death between the ages of 10 to 24 are students and kids who have given, who've lost their lives due to suicide. Deal or no deal, church? So keep them kids right there for me if you can, Kurt. So see these kids walking in here right now? Where's the band? Someone can come out. Aren't you thankful for the next generation? Yeah. Are we gonna teach our children to be highly offended, politically correct, and when they don't like something, cancel it? Deal or no deal? He's got his hand out. Here, let me just tell you a few things as a church. They're getting ready to come through here, and we're gonna pray for them, and our team's gonna come. But I want you to listen to me. There's a few things as our church. Like, it's easy to preach this stuff and get everybody rallied, and you're right, no deal. But I want you to hear me that there are some things that as a church, I want you to know that we do to look at hell, to look at Pharaoh and say, no deal. No deal. We have students every, every Wednesday night at seven o'clock. That's us looking the devil in the face and saying no deal. We have kids ministry every Sunday morning, both services, people, background check, trained teachers, excellent facility, clean rooms, because we want the generation to know that you matter and tell hell no deal. We just finished a youth summit where over 100 teenagers are weeping in the presence of God, crying and building relationships and having moments with God. Can I tell you what we did a few weeks ago? We stood in the face of Pharaoh and said, no deal. Back to school bash yesterday with our foster care systems teaching. I don't know really what it was. I should know more before I start talking about it. But Miss Laurel Jones, who's incredible, oversaw this outreach we did yesterday for families with foster kids and this back to school bash. You know what we're doing? Pharaoh, we're all going. No, no, no deal. 
In a few weeks, we have our baby dedication on the 21st. If you want to get your child dedicated, you can sign up at vibrantchurch.com forward slash events, or you can go to guest services. I want to encourage you, if you've never done that, my kids are dedicated, all my brothers and sisters were dedicated. It's just telling the devil no deal from the start. Just no deal from the start. And today, we're going to take a moment, and the kids are going to pray, come through here in just a second. We're going to pray over your kids going back to school. And just so you know, it's no deal, devil. We must all go. One of my final points for you today is this. They are not for sale. I said they are not for sale. We value them too much. They're not on the clearance rack. They are not on a bargain bin basement deal. They are the future of the church. They are people who God has formed in the womb and shaped. He has a plan for them. And as for me and my house, as for me and Vibrant Church, we will stand in the gap for the next generation and say, Pharaoh, no deal. You can't take them. No deal. I don't care what you're pumping into them, trying to get through them. It is no deal. We will train up our children in the way that they should go. Can I get a big amen, somebody? Stay standing if our staff prayer team will come to the front, please. And any pastors, I know they're all working and stuff, their spouses, whoever. What we're going to do in church, I want you to help me pray. They're going to take these kids. They're just going to walk right through the middle here. Somebody fill this spot. I, I can't think right now. Okay, thank you so much. I'm having anxiety. I need to. We're going to walk these kids through. In church, I just want you to stretch your hands forth. And I want you to pray. And I want you to speak faith over them. And I want you to declare peace over them. I want you to declare the goodness of God over them. I want you to just believe God for them to have wisdom and insight and that they will be people of God. Do you understand? This is going to be a good year for them. They're going to do awesome this year. They're going to be protected this year in Jesus' name. Hear me this final point. I, the hope of the next generation is always fought for by the current generation. I know those kids are like, please, my knees hurt. But let me tell you one more thing. I was watching something, man, the other day. It was on YouTube, and these, these men were at a fishing dock at like a tourist town, and they noticed this man that was watching this boy, and they just kept watching him. Like, something ain't right here. You, know, you ever been there like, something ain't right here? Well, this little boy looked a little concerned about this man that was following him at this, at this dock. And this is on YouTube, and, and what's crazy is he... The, the man who was just standing there watching the behavior of the boy and the man realized something ain't right. That, that's a Moses right there. That I, I pray that spirit over all of us that looks at the next generation and says, something ain't right right here. Pharaoh, something ain't right with this idea you have. And what happens, Carl, is this. The man stepped between the boy and the man. The man said, hey, that's my boy. And the man didn't trust it. He said, is that your dad? And the little boy said, no, it's not my dad. And the man said, why don't you just sit down right there? Let me call authority. And the man just stood between them. When I saw that, 
I know that is so little, and I, how many of you know I will preach anything if I can find it? And Pastor Tyson, when that man stood between that, the, 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 that villain, that creep, that pedophile, that freak, and stood between them and said, no, 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 something ain't right. That's what we're called to do. Come on, Moses. We stand right in front of Pharaoh and say, well, <laughs> no, I don't know what you're up to, but we must all go. We're all going to the promised land. Every one of these kids. Now, all these kids aren't going to be in the NBA. Well, they're not all going to be successful senators. They're going to, but they can all be in heaven. Can I get an amen, somebody? So let's pray. Church, stretch your hands forth right now. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for every kid, every student. We pray the blessing of God on every one of them as they go back to school this year. We stand like Moses in the gap. And we pray the blessing of God on them, on their minds, on their hearts. We pray the protection of your spirit upon them. We pray no harm come near them, no plague come nigh their dwelling. We pray the spirit of the living God will lead them. We pray that you'll bless them. We pray that you'll keep them all the days of their life. We pray that they will be around the right individuals all season. We pray through the whole school year that their grades will be good. They'll have focus. They'll have stamina. We pray, God, that they won't be bullied or they won't bully others. We pray that you keep them in your hand and in your way. God, bless their innocence, their heart. Keep them away from the evil one. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray the blessing of God all the days of their life. We stand today, God, believing you that you love them and you care for them. God, let their hearts be stirred for the things of God. Let them deeply have a desire to hear from you. Let them have in their young age, let them, Father, have in their lives the, 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 the desire for the things of God. Let them drag their families to church, God. Let them drag their mom and dad to church. Let them have desire to get to kids' ministry. Let them have the desire to get in the presence of God. Let them have friends here, connections here, life-giving relationships here. Mark them forever, God. If they're called to preach, let them preach. If they're called to prophesy, let them prophesy. If they're called to be evangelists, if they're called to be pastors, if they're called to be teachers, if they're called to be senators, if they're called to be influencers, Father, I pray, let them rise and be who you've called them to be in the mighty name, the precious name, the life-giving name of Jesus Christ. We pray and everybody said, amen. Now, are there any, I know a lot of high schools are all over both services, but are there any high school students in the room? Just wave your hand at me. Just wave your hand at me, just wave. All right, nobody goes to school at this church. That's awesome, that's cool. I saw two or three. If you want to, we would love to pray with you. Is that okay? Any faculty members? Any faculty members, you're a teacher, anything? Just do me a favor. I know you may be like, Pastor Ethan, why are we doing this? You should just come down here. Let us pray for you. It's okay. You may be like, who's going first? Miss Gail's going first. That's who I said. Miss Gail on the top. 
calling her out, calling her out. Come on down, guys, let our team. I'm not sure which way you need to walk through, but I want you to stand in here. That may be easier. Just stand in here. We're having traffic issues. It's 9 a.m. 9 a.m. is always super confusing. I want you guys back up prayer team a little bit. Come on in, guys. Oh, my goodness. Okay, when I asked for you guys to raise your hands, none of you did. There's like 600 of you coming down. Great. Come on down. Just squeeze on in. Whatever you got to do. Good to see everybody. Good, 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 good. There's a lot of room up here. If you guys will step up a little bit, great. Pastor Tyson, we'll have you pray this. Isn't this awesome church, deal or no deal, huh? Why don't you guys just slide in this whole section? They're all the way back to the back. Get as close as you can, guys. Just get close. Uh, Laurel Jones, why don't you slide some down this way here? Yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. Move on in, guys. Pastor Tyson's gonna pray for faculty members, teachers. Somebody holler out of school you work at. What is yours? I didn't hear anybody else. But... Daycare director, come on. All the preschool director, yes, come on. That counts too. That's another. CCA, I know CCA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caledonia in the house. New Hope in the house. West, West Point in the house. I don't know who else is in the house. Heritage. What is it? South Lamar. Hamilton, there you go. Great. Say it again. Yes, we got our VKA teachers in the room. That's another way in our church we say no deal to the devil, but great preschool. Pastor Tyson, will you do me a favor? And let's just pray God's protection, his hand on every one of them represented. Prayer team, church, one more time, let's pray together. God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift up every student, every teacher, every faculty, and we just place them in your hands, God. We pray your hand of protection over them throughout this semester, God, throughout this school year, Lord, that you would just wrap them and keep them and watch over them and provide and just keep them against the hand of the enemy, God. We pray, God, a hedge of protection, God. We pray and declare a deal no deal, no deal, no deal. We, you will not have our kids. I pray for our high schools, Lord, that they will be men and women of integrity, Lord, that you would raise them up with a posture to honor you and to seek you and to know you. I pray for them, Lord God, that you would protect them from the lives of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would keep them safe from the things that they could get exposed to and involved with, Lord God, that the plan of the enemy to kill and steal and destroy their future, Lord, we say no deal and we cover them in prayer, Lord. We cover them in intercession. We cover them right now in the name of Jesus and we pray for our staff and, and the teachers and the faculty, Lord, that are going to be teaching and covering our students, Lord, that you will give them wisdom and patience and insight to cover and serve and love our students well in the name of Jesus. We pray your blessing, your blessing and your favor upon them all the days of their lives. We plead your blood, cover them and keep them all the days of their lives. We say it is so in the mighty 
name of Jesus, no deal, no deal, no deal. deal. No and deal. we say it in faith and we shout it today and we say amen, amen. in the name of amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together one last time, church.